0: <sighs> nothing holds up no. no i'm afraid to endorse any of the movies i used to like now that i've yeah. just talked to you guys about it do not endorse anything
1: you know what did you see um you know in the video where skip bayless throws away the dak jersey he has a framed anchorman poster yes yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: i just want to know what are the other movies that frame posters of in that hallway. In his Hall of Legends, who else? House party. Behind? Guarantee house okay. parties. Are the next one
2: down
3: one.
1: <laughs> I'm sure uh Heat. Or no, um, what's the one that all the college boys have? Not the Godfather, Fight club. not Heat. Fight Club. Scarface? Yeah. Scarface. Yeah.
0: That's it. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. I had Ghost Dog Way of the Samurai um, in mine. Sure.
1: The ladies' magnet.
0: Not at all problematic. I, I don't know, he like reminds me. I feel like he looks
2: like Nick Nolte a little bit, so I'm just imagining a bunch of Nick yeah. Nolte movies. <laughs> blue okay, Chips. 48 hours. Yeah, Blue Chips, yeah, he definitely loves Blue great. Chip. Love Blue
1: mm. Chips. Speaking of Blue Chips. Oh, look at that. Niners Professional
3: segue. <laughs> Thank you, Mina. Um, I'll do a Pablo Won't. Welcome to Debatable. That's Pablo Torre, <laughs> Dominique Foxworth, and Mina Kimes. First question there today. Okay. The 49ers-Eagles and have been the best two teams in the NFC all season. Who you got in the NFC Championship and why? Ooh, a demanded Mm. prediction
0: or at least a take, a clear take. Um, I'm going Niners. I will not explain my pick. I'll go at the end. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just I'm delighted that you picked something. I thought you
2: were yeah, about to name a bunch of I was, players and I was
1: then pass on Thread the <laughs> coward's needle.
0: I was happy that I did not thread uh-huh. the coward's needle. Well, I kind of promised to embroider cowardly later, but for now, definitely. Yeah, well, you know
2: what? Mina and I are about to make a quilt, and all the scraps that we leave <laughs> on the ground, you can pick them up and put them together. So, Absolutely. I think uh, to follow Fashion. in Pablo's footsteps, I will lead with my pick. I like the Eagles and there are lots of reasons why, and most of them are on the offensive line. I think that's mm. the, the mm. difference. When we look at the these two teams, it's hard to find an advantage. The one place where I feel like it, obviously their offensive line isn't going against the opposing offensive line, but that is the only place I can find a sincere difference. And I do think as impressive as this offense has been, I got to respect my cornerbacks and the fact that the 49ers, their best receiver is not the type of receiver that I think anyone, any, either of those corners would be like worried about in man coverage. So I think their defense has more flexibility to address the issues of uh, the 49ers offense. And also assuming their offensive line is strong enough to allow them to get uh, to move the ball and not only necessarily amass a lead, but also, Get a few first downs and give Purdy a long field and not turn the ball over. I think it's a much more difficult, well, not much more, but it's a more difficult challenge for the 49ers and going on the road. They have a more difficult challenge than I think the Eagles do.
1: I also am leaning Philadelphia in this one. Pablo's really questioning uh, the order <laughs> in which we win. <laughs> Lesson learned. Nope. Never, never <laughs> pick first. Nope. Uh, um, okay, so
0: good reasons.
1: I, I can't wait to hear them broken down in detail. Um yeah, so I think both of these offenses have certain areas where they can attack both these defenses. Right. Um, the Eagles defense is very, very good. They have very good cornerbacks, but a little dicey against the run. Uh, also not good at stopping passes to running backs and uh, not the offense you want to go against if that's your weakness. Whereas on the other side of the ball, the Niners defense is terrifying up front. They are extremely good at stopping the run, but, and I'm sure if you consume football content, I am not the first person to tell you this. They can't stop the deep ball, particularly outside the numbers. And Jalen Hurts has been phenomenal at throwing go balls this year to A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, uh, who I do think are mismatched for those Niners corners. So the question is, okay, well, both of these offenses have things, you know, where they, they come out on top. Why Philadelphia? And for me, it's that I can't get the mental image of Brock Purdy running for his life <laughs> Cowboys, out of my mind. And, that and one struggling. on the
2: left sideline in the red zone, that one?
1: <laughs> there and there, flushing him to the left in particular, man. Yeah. Uh, it was a problem. We keep waiting for the Brock Purdy meltdown game. I don't think that's coming. I just mm-hmm. think this offense is too good for it to happen. I also think Kyle Shanahan is going to run the ball like crazy in this yeah. one. Yep. But I was so impressed by this Eagles pass rush. Granted, against an inferior Giants offensive line, but it was reminded like, oh, they're really, really deep and really, really talented. And I think they're going to create problems for the Niners up front. Um, So, you know... Playoff football is like so often about the trenches and whereas on both sides, I think it's pretty evenly matched between the Niners uh, pass rush and the Eagles offensive line when the Niners are offense on offense. I actually think the Eagles pass rush has the edge
2: and that that's not a place where you're normally evenly matched when you're for the Niners, you know, like defensive line against someone's offensive line. So to be able to neutralize their best weapon, frankly, um, Fred Warner is the superstar of that defense. But I really feel like the the real leverage point of that um, Defense is that that defensive line doesn't allow you to do what you want. Uh, you're going to be forced into quick game in part because of that defensive line screens and, and RPOs and play action, all the things that Fred Warner is like uniquely better than most other um, defenders at. I think if you are not, if you don't have to do that, if you're like comfortable with my and Kelsey and Lane Johnson against their pass rushers, like, yeah, they might lose every now and then, but you don't really have to adjust your playbook the way that, the Cowboys had to last week, and the way that, frankly, most teams have to, and I, I like that. And then, if it comes down to what, what, um, I think a lot of analysis always comes down to is who's got the best quarterback. There's really no question there.
0: Yeah. Well, okay. So here's here's my uh, my simpleton analysis of why the Niners are going to win. I looked at the rosters, <laughs> <You> know, and <laughs> outside of quarterback, it seems like the Niners have a lot of the good guys on it. <laughs> Like I, and I I'm said gonna I'm for, gonna hate it. Both this of so these rosters when, have a lot of good dudes. I
2: hate it so much when the forty ers win, and then we go back and you and I do <laughs> a bunch of a long elaborate analysis. And he like, them got the good dudes. The <laughs> good right. dudes
0: are real good. And they do the thing that I'm told is effective in this sport, which is they like to run. And Mina had alluded to a weakness that I think is going to be a problem. And I, I guess this is where I wanna actually elevate my um Very simplistic analysis, which is basically around the fact that I don't think the Eagles defense can stop the 49ers offense around this idea that what if running the ball and the 49ers like are really good at stopping the run, right? There was some stat that Alabaster threw down there that I believe in some crazy number of consecutive games now they have not allowed more than 70 yards rushing, right? The Eagles obviously have like multiple running backs plus their quarterback who are all excellent at that. If the Niners can solve that and the Eagles cannot stop the Niners from doing the thing that Kyle Shanahan, I've been told, is the best at scheming up, which is aggressive, creative run plays for guys who are, like, horrifyingly difficult to stop, and that's having a lot of players to rush for 70-plus yards in 27 straight games for the Niners' defense. I just wonder if actually, yeah, running the ball is going to be a real thing that this game turns on.
1: I'll throw out the other thing that kind of pushed me over the edge, I'm not sure Christian McCaffrey is healthy. I I was thinking this during the Cowboys game. The Cowboys Mm. did a much better job, I thought, stopping the run than I would have predicted, frankly. Uh, And then since then, he's not been practicing. Um, That's concerning to me. I I didn't think he looked quite as explosive in that game as he has in the past. I don't know when he was injured or what, but that's definitely, especially because, Pablo, I agree with you. that's concerning. Do have an advantage on the ground, and that is something that they want to take advantage of. That's one of did the guys. Him- that's one of the guys. He's one, one of the guys. guys. Did I just give him a way out, Don Meek? Yeah, Uh you did. The Christian McCaffrey injury potentially. Uh,
2: I didn't know um, that.
1: You know what's crazy about this game? Uh, so uh, Alabaster just threw up a stat about how good the Niners' run defense is. So I was like looking at all these past Niners games, just trying to get it in because the other game, which we're going to talk about, these teams have met so much, and they met in December. So there's obviously a lot to draw, and this is a re- that's a rematch. This is not a rematch, but also it's so unprecedented, like both of these teams have not faced teams that can kind of give us clues into how they're going right. to perform in this game. Does that make sense? Like I was, yeah, yeah. I was about the Niners and how they perform against mobile quarterbacks and options and whatever. Right. And I was like, they haven't played an offensive line like this. They haven't played, uh, you know, it's. It, it, there's really, like, not much to draw upon because these both of these teams are so good and they haven't really faced an opponent of the caliber they're going to face on Sunday.
2: Yeah, and I mean, I, I think uh, I'm not going to bore Mina with my, my running the football take that I've used on every platform a hundred times, but I do think it's that so part nice. of the most impressive things about the Eagles' defense is they don't give up explosive plays, and part of that is because they don't really load the box to stop the run even though I think they have the personnel to be able to do that, as much as you want to load the box to stop the run, that's when you get the big explosive plays. When you have everyone in a gap and you essentially create one level and the, someone misses a tackle, someone misses a gap, then they're already into the secondary and gone. They don't really do that that much. You're going to see a lot of four, cover six, uh, two high looks that kind of like limit you to like 10 to 12-yard gains at at best and they end up giving up four or five more than likely. So I don't know if this as effective as this running game is, I think if they can't be efficient in the red zone and they can't play good defense against the Eagles, I'm not sure that a running game is enough. The running game has to be part of the equation. I'm not sure that it's enough to, to win against the Eagles.
1: The way I would put this, this is like a kind of an overly simplistic analysis, but if both of these teams, defenses Get the offenses into third and five or longer. I trust the Eagles more yeah. in this one because mm. I, I just because of what I think they're capable of offensively throwing the ball uh, versus how I think the Niners, you know, when you if you make put Brock Purdy in those scenarios, I often think about uh, something that Dominique said after the Super Bowl where the Bucks beat the Chiefs. <sighs> yeah, and Dominique said, You know what? I got drunk on that Mahomes and I forgot <laughs> that, like. <laughs> Offensive line play is really, really important, yeah. and I just keep going back to that with this yeah. Eagles team. Yeah, the, Eagles, the offensive oh, line is so oh, good. So,
0: so there was uh, I was reading um, about the Niners' defensive line and how you know, like they're trying a game plan. They have like uh, they had some. I guess this is a thing that all position groups do, but there was like some file that was circulated. I think Armstead Center, he's like the quarterback of the of the pass rush, has sent like Nick Bose and everybody this file about how to attack the Eagles' offensive line. And it raised questions for me, like, how? what do you do about this Eagles offensive line? Because Lane Johnson literally has, like, never given up a sack, I think, is the statistic. I may be exaggerating that a little bit. But it's – and obviously, Kelsey is the best center in the league. What, Alabaster? Do you have insight on that?
3: Pablo, were you talking about a scouting report? Were you surprised <laughs> that the defensive line had a scouting report before the NSA The way he, the way
1: he described it, <laughs> made me it sound see, like yeah. like the CIA secret, having yeah. like a dossier <laughs> file with like. It's there like,
0: are um, files. Oh, in this, this type of weapon
1: can take out Jason Bourne.
0: That should not be there. No, but there was there was something oh, beyond. It yes. seems like there was like a group chat where they were where one guy was like, "This is what we're about to do," yeah. and I'm like, "Okay." Well, what's that group chat talking about if they're talking about the Eagles? It's a reasonable
1: question, which is what, 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 you know, how do you handle this Eagles offensive line? Like, how do you attack them?
2: I'm just trying Um, to think of word plays with Cointel Pro, and all I can come up with (laughs) is with um, Grointel Pro, is it, is you gotta. Uh, attack the groin because that's the only weakness on this particular um, line. Maybe when
1: if it's a dossier on an offensive lineman, it's a hossier because they're all hosses. <laughs> I like that.
2: I'm with you. Hossier. Yeah, I'm, don't don't, you ever, don't let Pablo um, don't discourage you. Good job, man. That was hossier funny. Was so <laughs>
1: funny. I like it was good.
2: I mean, I thought the Lane Johnson groin tail pro was pretty good,
0: personally, but whatever. Yeah. Yeah. He did,
3: he
1: did the fact that he plays groin, so well with an injured groin is, like, one of the most quietly impressive things you will ever see in a postseason.
0: As yeah. as the owner of a groin, um, I <laughs> It sounds very difficult. As the owner of a groin.
1: Oh, gosh. <laughs> All right. Well, we picked the games. so That
3: was uh, Can't wait quite to a right, dismount so. there, Pablo. Um so let's, annoyed. That's right. <laughs> let's move on. Um, so the betting line on this Chiefs-Bengals game has oscillated wildly. The Chiefs started out favored, and then the money moved with the public to the Bengals because of Patrick Mahomes' injury. He practiced, and now the Chiefs are one-point favorites again. Does that make sense to you? It feels like, and
2: uh, Mina, you uh, read more of this stuff than me and are more in this world than I am, I am, but doesn't it feel to you a bit like people are acting like the Bengals' offensive line is fixed? Like yep. they had a good game in yeah. a snowstorm
1: <laughs> against, uh, against a-, a pass rush that actually has not been good at all right. since Von Miller. Yeah. Ooh, all
2: right. I'm all here right. for this. I'm here so, for So like that that to me slows me down a little bit. Like they are not gonna be playing in another snowstorm, I I don't think. And uh Chris Jones uh, and Frank I, Clark are actually pretty I good just, pass rushes. Whenever
1: whenever I think about people talking about the Bengals offensive line or i always think about chris jones's official headshot which looks like do you remember the the campaign for the horror movie smile
0: yes
2: <laughs> when like yes.
1: people would just show up at places and like have like a really terrifying smiles uh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> He's yeah. like, "Oh,
1: really? That offensive line is fixed, huh?" <laughs>
0: yes.
3: Yeah,
2: and that's Anyways, the thing that that's the thing that I feel like is missing in this analysis is yes, Patrick Mahomes' an- ankle is hurt, but last week we were like, oh, the Bengals are done. Their offensive line yeah. is bad," and then they had one good game against a team without. Pass this is all true, by the way. Storm.
0: This is exactly and, how it happened.
2: You're totally,
1: yeah. you're totally right. Yeah, I mean. I do think we also saw though you know Joe Burrow is good at mitigating even if the offensive line isn't fixed because the ball comes out so quickly and I think the one thing that struck me watching the Chiefs against the Bengals uh really in all the three meetings but in particular in the one in December the Chiefs really can't tackle them I mean I, like we get into all these like really complicated like oh should they play you know uh cover 6 against Jamar Chase and what kind of like a zone blitz and what should they do? Simulate pressure. Y'all just tackle. <laughs> like I just like sometimes it's simple. Yeah. Just make some tackles because oh my God, it has to be infuriating as a Chiefs fan to watch that defense against this offense because so many of the crucial plays in third and longs are just dudes missing tackles. That, that, like that it sounds is sounds like a me take,
0: by the way. It's a great take. It also sounds like one that I would have given in the last segment.
1: <laughs> um, well, they, they, I think people are underestimating the Bengals' offensive line being a problem against yeah. the Chiefs' pass rush. I do, however, think oh, that every time they show a Patrick Mahomes walking, he looks like someone who is hiding something. Yep. I mean, <laughs> it's, yep. um, you know, like he walks. I don't want to make. Never. I'm not going to. I was about yeah. to do impression. I'm not going to do it. Um,
0: Usual suspects. <laughs> another great movie poster movie. That. Mm, yeah. Would, I tried yeah. to make
2: my daughter watch that, and she fell asleep.
3: Mm. Mm. that's a withering critique
2: of
0: (laughs) of, of, of the old people and now she keeps
2: keeps bothering me to watch um interstellar and i'm like no you're not old enough Uh, clearly so if you can't stay awake i was gonna say she is one million
0: percent falling asleep during interstellar
2: interstellar is such a beautiful like father-daughter movie like i want this to be special i'm gonna wait until you're ready to watch it
1: Usual Suspects is probably on my list of like the five movies that I pretend to have seen the most. (laughs) Like when when I'm like, yeah, yeah, total Kieser Soze situation.
2: Kieser Soze. I'm so
1: afraid of of being wrong, but it seems like a situation that's vague enough to where it can apply to a lot of things based on... How i've used it <laughs> and i have a general idea of what it's about but not really
0: yeah, yeah there's a twist at the
2: end that's pretty if, much the gist of it well don't spoil it it's i oh, sorry i've seen it um if there's uh patrick mahomes is kaiser Sose, kaiser. then like at the end of this movie <laughs> then i guess they're going to win right that's the thing
1: mm. or always oh, faking oh, that... the
0: limp
3: i was yeah, like, yeah. oh yeah. oh i like this take. Oh, i love that
1: i like this take well he's like a full participant now i think that's freaking them out. I mean, the thing about the Patrick Mahomes, first of all, the other thing I I'll say about watching week 13 is like you, we've been talking about like all week about, Oh, Luciana rumo. He's solved Patrick Mahomes. Yep. Chiefs offense actually moved the ball pretty fine. Uh, the last time these teams played, it was just like Kelsey had a fumble. There was a couple mm-hmm. of bad reps. Um, I guess my feeling is, uh, to the point that Alabaster just put up about how Patrick Mahomes didn't throw any po- th- passes outside of the pocket after entering his ankle. He doesn't have to. Like, even if Patrick Mahomes stays in the pocket, he is still incredible. This Chiefs offense, I think, is built now to be better suited for those Mm -hmm. scenarios. They're really good running the ball. The offensive line is really good. They have, like, guys who meet yards after the catch. It's more like that that ability to extend is the special sauce, right? So it just makes life a little bit easier for the Bengals, but I don't think it's going to stop the Chiefs from moving the ball.
0: Yeah. It, feels, it feels like, I mean, so I guess the, the question I'm asking is the lessons we learned from last week, we've now like debunked why they're not immediately transferable to this game. But it does feel like if you're the Bengals off the Bengals defense, rather, you should probably prepare for a lot of Travis Kelsey. Like that just feels like something that we know is going to happen if the yeah. guy can't do the thing that he did more than anybody else, which is leave the pocket. He'll throw 14 times or throw catchable balls at least. Travis Kelsey 14 times.
2: I mean, and, and also we we did see a diminished Mahomes last week because the injury happened in last week's game. Right, yeah. It's a different story when you approach a game knowing that you have limitations. The game plan will be entirely different. The strategy be will be entirely different. Their red zone plan will not involve him rolling out, and they'll understand that the scramble plays may not be there depending on how um how good he feels uh for this game. So I don't know. I trust coaches that have been around this a long time with a bunch of different players to be able to figure it out. It doesn't mean that I think they're going to win, but it does mean that uh, I'm not comfortable. Like if I were to bet on the game, this ain't gonna be the first one I bet on because I don't feel strongly mm. either way.
1: They actually did call like one speed option after he heard his yeah. ankle, too, but it was I mean, speed option is a wrong word to describe what yeah. I saw. But um and and then he did have a jump pass. It was just on one leg. Right. I mean, it was just on the, the whole thing foot. was Pretty, pretty ridiculous. Um, so often with these games in the playoffs with the Chiefs, it just comes down to not can, but will Andy Reid run the ball in advantageous situations? <laughs> and um, you know, I, I think I think that's going to be huge here. Alabaster,
0: did you see how he put an interjection down?
3: Then he retreated, mm-hmm. very afraid. I'm I, I was going to ask you guys to talk about Patrick Mahomes, but then you landed the plane on the Kaiser Sose thing, so I was like, not needed here. Yeah. You wanted Mina on. You were afraid Mina Kimes and Dominique Foxworth were going
0: to talk enough about Patrick Mahomes.
3: <laughs> you guys led with the Bengals had. offensive line when the best quarterback in the <laughs> NFL has one leg. Charlie, <laughs> this show is on Friday.
2: Anybody who is watching this <laughs> show likes sports. They've heard all that by now. They listen to Mina's <laughs> podcast. They listen to my podcast. They listen to The Daily Thursday morning. You heard a whole story about Patrick Mahomes' best friend from high school. <laughs> they, they are here for Bengals That's O-line talk. Yeah, it was
0: Damn awful. right. Wasn't Whoever it is my
2: episode.
3: on that O-line. Yeah, we're about them. Patrick's good, guys. All right, guys. Well, after that's it a good point, Dominique. Up. I now feel like a doofus, so I'm going to transition and <laughs> oh, we can talk no. about this is a sad. couple other no, doofi. No. Um, Dominique, do, we'll what's more <laughs> preposterous to you? No. Pablo, <laughs> would you <know>, look it <laughs> luring Aaron Rodgers to the Jets or Bill O'Brien luring Tom Brady back to New England? Pablo, you Have started guys seen previews? sorry
2: for him too soon. He,
3: he he doesn't actually feel like a doofus.
2: He
0: just wanted to set up the joke wanted of doofus. It was actually, even, was it was actually it was the saddest worse. possible <laughs> version of what just happened.
1: Have you guys seen previews during football for that? I think it's, I don't know if it's NBC or CBS, that show To Catch a Creep. It's like they're rebranded To Catch a Predator.
0: <laughs> Wait, no. Something
1: about the way this question is worded has me thinking.
0: <laughs> I'm just googling real quick uh, if an actual thing.
1: It is a thing. Yeah. It's got the Yeah, like the guys are blurted out and they're like, What were you thinking when you sent that DM? And they're like, Get away from me. (laughs) 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 It's not funny. I'm sorry. Anyways. I did I I did however think that it would be like a again, this is very tasteless but the idea of like nathaniel hackett or bill o'brien being pursued by <laughs> chris matthews or whatever with their faces blowing oh, out so, so you really thought you could get aaron Rodgers to come to new york
0: <laughs>
2: oh gosh
0: why so it didn't it didn't
2: work is once. this you
0: they hold a transcript of their like instant messenger oh. chats. What's the, what's the thing that they bring? Because they always bring something. So oh, yeah. what is Xbox. it you bring? They brought an
2: Xbox. <laughs> Not for Aaron Rodgers. It's, it's obviously a central oh, for an oh, ayahuasca oh. joke, but oh, I mean, sorry. you're
0: good. Right. I, was, mm. I was, No problem.
1: Going um, mm. back
0: to the actual
2: episode. Johnson and
1: Johnson stock, that'll get him.
0: The way is, I mean, objectively, we can laugh at the Bill O'Brien, Tom Brady, uh, all of the magic. Hiding in that cleft, or in both of those clefts, honestly, um, there's fun there. But oh, the yeah. Rogers Jets thing is like, it's one of those stories that comes around where you're like, the internet willed this to happen. Like if yeah. you gave it to us to vote on, we would vote on. I believe we're just calling him Nat Hackett. We've shorn off so many letters from his name as he is. Oh, we got rid the of head coach you? fired since 1978 before his first full season was over. Yeah. I think we're just oh, going okay. with Nat, maybe.
1: Natty um, Hackett,
0: but uh, but it's just perfect. It's and I don't know, like what is I don't is this like is he is is is, is it Stedman and Oprah is it Gale and Oprah like what's the why do we keep on thinking that it this did. is this is it
2: the didn't thing? work
0: in Denver I'm not sure why they think it's that Nathaniel Hackett I th- I'm sorry go ahead Mina.
1: oh well Pablo why don't you say this actual thing we're about to talk about
0: well. The actual thing we're about to talk about is the idea that, yes, is Aaron Rodgers going to go, I guess, play for Nathaniel Hackett, new offensive coordinator of the New York Jets, and save a bunch of coaches who seem like they might get fired if this season doesn't go well and compete out of the AFC to win a Super Bowl as opposed to staying with the Packers and, you know, living life like a normal, relatively normal person.
1: Okay, so we got a quote from Jets beat reporter Connor Hughes of SNY TV. I was told Aaron Rodgers was closer with Hackett than he ever was with Um, I think th- th- there's two reasons why the speculation about Rodgers to the Jets accompanying Hackett is so intense at the moment. One is that uh, before this, there were reports that Rodgers might actually be interested in being traded, which would make this more likely to happen. I also think, you know, having seen Jordan Love play well, it feels more plausible than it did even a year ago or two years ago that he would be traded. The other reason is why else would you hire Nathaniel Hackett as your <laughs> offensive coordinator? I mean, the things I have seen today from people trying to justify this hiring outside of the earth, it's you know uh, blowing my mind. Robert Sala himself this sounds like said Jerry Seinfeld.
0: She's so mad at his
1: presser. <laughs> Um. Well, you know, if you look past that whole Denver thing, which is a great euphemism for the Broncos' 2022 season, uh, you know he had he had a real record that got him hired. What? <laughs> What's the that. deal? Don't clip with that with Matt Hackett.
0: But- I
1: I I judge uh, I mean he was uh the coordinator in Buffalo for Kyle Orton. They were bad, but I mean he was the coordinator in Jacksonville for Blake Bortles. That team went to the AFC Championship, but the offense was certainly not the reason. The best defense you can make of him is that he called offenses for bad quarterbacks, which is totally fair. Don't you put that, don't you put that <laughs> up there, Alabaster. <laughs> Alabaster just put up Aaron Rodgers won two of his MVPs with Hackett as the O.C. The O.C. who didn't call plays.
0: Because, because, because Hackett was because the OC. Hackett. Um, He didn't call guys, plays, y'all. Look, I, there's, I just... there's no way that Aaron Rodgers would have a bad taste in friends. Come on. There's no way that would happen.
2: I, I mean, I remember a few years ago, people used to say Aaron Rodgers was a bad teammate. Aaron Rodgers is getting this this teammate paid in multiple locations. He's <laughs> forcing them to bring Job back creator. players that they obviously do not want and making them pay them too. Aaron Rodgers is a phenomenal teammate. That's a good point. Yeah, I, I appreciate that he's getting his man Nathaniel Hackett hired just by saying uh, on the Pat McAfee show that he could be at the MVP level elsewhere. And then we went into overdrive. and He <laughs> got his man a few more milli. Good for you.
1: Have you guys ever either been the friend who other people used to get into places or got in somewhere because people thought you might invite someone they knew
0: um kind of a goal in life for me personally honestly
1: yeah it truly is i'm being
0: transparent about this (laughs) um i would love to be yeah nathaniel hackett in life the nathaniel hackett of normal life is a good place to be
1: we were talking about clueless before the show, and there are parallels with the Cher Ty Elton scenario where um Elton was like nice to Ty because he thought that he would it would get him closer to Cher, who he really liked. Right. So I think in this situation, Ty is Nathaniel Hackett, Cher is Aaron Rodgers, and Elton is the New York Jets.
0: Yep. Yeah. Awesome. I feel like Aaron Rodgers is Stacey Dash gonna throw <laughs> How
3: out dare there. you? How dare you?
1: Who was that insulting to, Dominique? <laughs> Nina, I really
3: thought you were going to bring up Clueless to call Nathaniel Hackett uh, Clueless as a head coach. Uh,
1: oh, so... that, I would never say that. Mm-mm,
3: that's not
0: never. nice. I mean, it's nice. Oh, yeah. I hope this happens. I want this to happen so bad. We didn't
2: spend any time on the Bill O'Brien, Tom Brady thing. We don't. We don't care about that. Yeah, I, don't yeah. uh, it, it's it, not, I don't think it. Uh, yeah, it that, I don't think it
3: rates compared to that. We're cool about. All right, guys, yeah. let's pivot to some basketball. Uh, we got a clip for you to watch on this nice. one. Do you oh, wait,
0: am
3: I, am I <laughs> All right, guys, do you agree with Charles Barkley's comments about load management?
2: <laughs> I mean, Mina, if you got to go, I got to go, too.
0: For the podcast audience, Mina is definitely just uh, raving. All right, Pablo, let's
2: get on your back, baby. It's your time I got it.
0: This load can be managed. That is somehow not (laughs) intentionally disgusting. Um, Do I agree with his comments? Do we have the comments? First of all, it's embarrassing for the NBA.
2: And I cannot wait for these owners to put their foot in their in this next CBA. These dudes going to do something to these players. They gonna be like, wait a minute! You can't
0: make fifty million dollars and not play half the season, okay? Uh, you just, cause now you just really just like slapping me in my face, taking my check twice mm-hmm. a month. Oh, Lenny's here.
1: <laughs> I'm loan managing. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I, I
2: mean, I, I hate that so much, and I'm sure you guys could you do. could understand why the many reasons why it's I almost hate
0: designed that. to troll you specifically. Actually,
2: yeah. it also like
0: <laughs> for the shows, podcast audience, um, a lot is happening in Mina's. Doesn't rectangle. it doesn't it show
2: like a misunderstanding of the point of load management? Like that to me, yes. is the weird part is like, I don't think that the owners are irritated by load management as much as Charles Barkley wants them to be. Maybe overall, they recognize how it hurts um the product as a whole but the owners want to win championships And mm-hmm. the point of load management is to get them closer to championships and the reason why they have so many games is because the owners want more money so like i don't know why, make a choice no but know. this
1: is but that's yeah. it's such a great you want toy. the games to matter more have fewer games so exactly yeah. so space.
0: so the only solution is to shorten the schedule that's the only way you can actually have people mm-hmm. um aligning incentives here because But Dominique, what you're saying is completely right. The reason teams load manage is because they're selfish. Like, because from the top down, they are hyper-competitively trying to optimize their chances of winning a title. And we can get into why it is we're obsessed with titles, I guess, that's a larger philosophical conversation. But the point is, there are trade-offs when you're trying... And this is why this story, to me, reminds me of tanking. It's not because it is... Uh, some like larger moral thing that they are believing they're they belong to the the, the worst religion no what they want to do is win and the fact yeah. is the incentives are such that this is how they think they're going to maximize their chances of doing so
1: it it's what you're speaking to is like a fundamental misalignment between short and long-term business incentives. Yes. The good thing for the long-term business prospects is to be really good and win championships. For the short term, you want people to come to games and you want them all to be exciting. Those things in basketball are no longer aligned. Right. It's structural, and they can't change it unless they change the structure of the sport.
0: It's, yeah. it, it is a problem, though, Dominique. Like I, I do want to be clear. Like The fact that you could go to a game and pay a lot of money and the odds are ever but higher that I? you won't see the player that you were hoping to see that's a that's, that's a, a problem that sucks but it's all about
2: them trying to make more money so why are you trying to team up with the owners like you make Agreed it easier like you make it easy as hell to get in the playoffs that makes it so the regular season means less so, why would you play if half the damn league gets in the playoffs? They want more playoff games. They want more teams in the playoffs. Well, like they're doing all of these things to maximize their revenue, but and also maximize their chance of winning. But somehow, the villain in all of this is the players who are also responding think- to people like Charles Barkley, who, if someone plays, 90 percent of the season and wins four championships he of i mean of anybody should understand (laughs) that that person is not going is going to be celebrated more than a person who wins no championships and never misses a game
0: yep
1: i think you can acknowledge though that like from the fan experience which i think is what pablo is doing this is bad without vilifying the players again it's like the structure of the nba is the problem here the problem is you have created a sport where the optimization of the team is not best for the fan experience. And that's a business problem. And it doesn't mean the players are villains. It doesn't mean individual coaches or decision makers are villains. It means you made this, this is your bed sleep in it unless you want to change it. And that's, you know, ultimately would be like involve a lot of change.
0: Well, yeah, change the game so you can't game the system in the same way. And that's what it is. Like to keep front and this is why, again, this is front office driven. It's not player right. driven. Like yeah. I think players are on board with not wanting to play the second half of back to backs because it's miserable. But the point is like they're they're bosses don't want them to play that often. And I guess the solution here, just to put a button on this, Alabaster, we, we saw a solution. It was the lockout short in 2012 season. They start the NBA in Christmas. Mm. Um, on Christmas, 66 games. And that seemed to be just fine by me, a guy who actually likes like the NBA. That seemed totally fine. I didn't miss anything about, yeah, those games that we lost. I agree. Charles
1: Barkley right. is not right, guys. Crazy.
0: I just love, I mean, it's remarkable. Live tour, this take, oh uh, doesn't really matter. I still love the guy. It's a remarkable thing. Yeah, it's magic.
1: Though. It just doesn't take that much legwork to get to where we just landed. Right? <laughs> That's like, the thing. it's not that complicated. <laughs> then, like,
2: to come out <laughs> so stridently, yeah. to be putting foots <laughs> in asses, it's like, what? Yeah. He loves what are you a talking foot. about? Yeah. You're putting I, your foot in the I, wrong yeah. and no really needs a foot.
1: Let's that just was fix, like a <laughs> four-minute conversation. <laughs> like, it wasn't like, you know, it's not rocket science. Yeah, let's fix yeah. the
2: incentive structure. We don't have to put foots in, hmm. in hmm.
3: Um. Hmm. Deep okay. Foots okay. is what we're proposing here on this show. Hmm. Well done. Uh, One more. <laughs> we got a video for this one, too. Did Steph's ejection against the Grizzlies make you think there is some frustration brewing among the Warriors towards Jordan Poole? I mean... <sighs>
0: Someone threw, oh, yep, here it is. Here's the play. So Steph, you'll notice, um, is there. It's wide open. (laughs) Wide open, like, on the logo, admittedly, but he's Steph Curry. Um, And he does this. I think he's done this three times now, where he throws his mouthpiece.
1: Which, you know... On one hand, I'm like, yeah, you having to inject in a close game. On the other hand, if I was sitting there just minding my own business and someone's mouth guard hit me in the face, <laughs> I'd be pretty mad. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's right. That's like up there on the top ten list of grossest things that are on a court that could be touch you.
2: Yeah. I'm yeah. not sure. I feel like. Um people courtside at a basketball game might be happy if they got hit with Steph Curry's mouth guard. I'd be mm. disgusted, but a lot of people I feel like might be like,
0: yeah. No the not secondary fun. value, the secondary now. market yeah. value on that's high.
1: Mm. Well, speaking of guards, back to Jordan Poole.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of uh, you know things being thrown at your face that you don't want, um, remember the time someone threw a fist at his face? Like, the whole thing is, this is an ongoing subplot. Like, people get frustrated with Jordan Poole. So, yes, there is. Um, Steph doing that indicates as much. I I think the other side of the coin, though, Dominique, is that who won this game? Like, at the very end, Jordan Poole. Like, yes, it was a well-designed play. It was a layup at the very end to win it just narrowly. But this is the thing with him. Like, you want to have him even if he's infuriating. Yeah I mean I I it's hard to
2: like make a whole bunch out of this when we have the punch to draw on Like this this is this is a minor like frustration and I imagine that's an improvement. Let's would
1: you say though, like a Draymond punch equals a Steph Curry throwing of the mouth guard?
0: That's fair. That's fair. Like on on the whole, like relative anger scales.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Like on TV and it's like upstaging, it's like clearly a demonstration. I don't know, you could be right. This might be worse than a Draymond private practice punch is a Steph Curry (laughs) public mouth guard toss. (laughs) <laughs> all right. Yep. Blow it up. This team is broken. I'm with you, Mina.
1: This is just, you know, if they win, it's fine. If they don't, it's not exactly classic sports yeah. story. You know, I mean, they showed them in the locker room afterwards. They were all like, yeah, ooh, happy. I think like clay, like threw his own mouth, like there was, they were all acting like nothing happened, but if they had lost, who <laughs> oh, buddy, I, especially I, against I... the Grizzlies who they seem to, you know, Oh yeah! Violently dislike. They, they yeah. genuinely
0: dislike the Grizzlies. um I genuinely dislike mouth guards. I've been prescribed a mouth guard. I can't. I, I got the whole oh. thing where it's like molded to my face because I I'm a yeah, teeth grinder. I can't Dang. do it, man. Can't it's do so it. So uncomfortable. It's yeah. just. It's you not only gross
2: gross. So it's just, so mentally weak. Just put in and go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that you wear one? Hard. Yes, I do every night. <laughs> really? In, here's my, here's go my
1: thing. Here's my thing. Humanity lasted for centuries with nobody wearing mouth guards, right? Yep. And, and, and people still had their teeth at the end of the day. Now, literally, every one of us has to wear one.
0: Yeah. What's okay. the deal with mouth guards?
1: Big I dentist. Mean, is
0: like this, the, the,
2: the same thing is true about pants, man. Like everything that every modern <laughs> technology that we have, we survive <laughs> for thousands of years without them. Okay. Yeah. Just put the damn mouth
0: guard in and close your eyes and go to sleep. It's not
1: that hard, guys. Who says I'm wearing pants?
0: Yeah, I feel like this is an argument against oh gosh. against a lot going on All in the right. lower half of these rectangles. Um teeth grinder though? You guys both grinding? Of
1: course I'm yeah. a grinder. Grinding. Oh, look at this.
3: The best This is Alabaster. You nice Alabaster. I, I, don't uh, I also have I also have a night guard, but I'm a teeth yeah! clencher.
1: I don't trust uh, anyone who's a not gr- not a grinder. I'm like, well, how are you so carefree? So <laughs> do you not do you not care about Ukraine? Like, what's going on with you?
0: Yeah. Are you not are you haunted? happy with the state of everything? Yeah, you're not haunted by something that can only uh. get out by turning it onto yourself.
2: Mm. <laughs> Malice and push your teeth. Real
1: Kaiser Soze situation. Yeah,